Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Honesty, confidence, and gratitude. That's the question today. Let's take a look at these three concepts and stages of personality and life patterns. Honesty. Can you tell an honest person? Can you tell a dishonest person? from one that is honest. Can you make a distinction between, well, here's a research study that was done several years back, and they showed 100 different people, black and white photos of 72 politicians, United States politicians, all white men, half of whom had been convicted of corruption, and half had not been convicted of any history of crime of any form. Then they asked the participants to look at the pictures and identify pictures that would reflect a face or a person that would tend to be dishonest compared to a person who tended to be honest. Well, the interesting thing about the research study was is that they were able to identify honest from dishonest people about 70% of the time. So in other words, your face kind of does tell you or tell others what you are and the kind of person you are and whether you're a person to be believed or a person to have confidence in or not person to have some degree of caution about. So what was the factor? What was the distinguishing factor between faces, when you look at a photo, between a face of a person that's dishonest as compared to a person that's honest in your estimation as you look at that particular person? Well, the research study found that it was the ratio between the height and the width of the face. The wider the face, more likely to be corrupt, particularly if the face was wide but Um, short, small. If it was elongated and narrow, more likely to be seen as an honest person. So your face does seem to reflect how people view you and how people have confidence in you right from the very beginning. Because if people see you as a person that's dishonest, they probably avoid you or probably reduce their interactions with you and uh, create space between themselves and you. As compared to a person that might see you as an honest person, more likely to be ingratiated towards you, be involved with you, talk with you, like you, spend time with you, visit with you, and so on. So there you are. The face kind of tells you a little bit about honesty and dishonesty. The shorter the face and the wider the face, more likely to be viewed by others as dishonest. Now, what about confidence? Does it increase with age? Well, it certainly does. Well, what is the pattern of confidence. How does a uh, level of confidence in a person develop over the course of time, over the course of age? Well, here's what the research seemed to indicate when they studied about 165,000 people in about 190 different research studies on this topic of confidence and the degree of confidence that people have, regardless of whether they live in the United States or Europe or wherever they are. The average level of self-esteem, confidence, if you will, starts out between the ages of 4 and 11, and it builds. It gradually increases during the years of 4 to 11. But not surprisingly, the researchers found that between the ages of 11 and 15, the confidence level kind of stagnates, kind of levels off, if you will. There's not a high degree of confidence in that population between 11 and 15. Now, we kind of know that. These are kind of the junior high kids that are awkward and socially uh, misfit, so to speak, and are needing to be encouraged and needing to be supported and needing to be uh, guided along in their social uh, behavior patterns. So we have confidence building between 4 and 11, and between 11 and 15, we have it kind of holding, minimizing itself during those years. 
And then we see a shooting up, an upstart up between the ages of 15 and 30, and then on into 60, where the level of confidence just seems to grow and grow and grow and mature and develop from 15 to 60. Those years of increased confidence as you have your social skills, social interactions, learn social behavior, learn what you can under, learn what you can do, what's hard to do, what's easy to do. So that level of confidence seemed to peak at about age 60. And then from about 60 to 70, it starts to drop a little bit. And then after 70, it drops significantly into the 70s, 80s, and then up into the 90-year-old range. So we have a kind of a peaking here where we have the confidence that develops from birth or from age 4 all the way to 70, all the way to 60, basically 60, with that little narrowing or leveling off during those early teenage years of 11 to 15. And then after 60, it just kind of levels a little bit to age 70, just levels. And then after 70, it drops quite a bit. So we have confidence as a kind of a growth pattern. It's not, you're not a confident person or you're a confident person, non-confident person. You're a person that has levels of confidence at different times in life, different ages of life, and different stages in your life. So what about gratitude? What about gratitude? How do people um, relate and respond to people who express gratitude towards them? Well, we express gratitude usually by thanking somebody for something, letting them know we appreciate what they've done and that we are certainly grateful for their efforts, for their kindness, for their generosity, or whatever it might be. But we also write letters. We also write little notes of gratitude to people, thank you notes, if you will, of what somebody has done or has given you or has done on your behalf and contributed on your behalf. So these these are little gratitude notations and messages of gratitude. Now, how does that affect people? Interestingly, how it affects people. When you express gratitude towards somebody, you send a message of gratitude towards somebody, there's an increased level of happiness that results. And there is a acceptance. They're not particularly receiving the message in an awkward way, but in a gracious way, being happy about it, but also feeling good. Not, it doesn't make people feel awkward at all when you say thanks or when you give a message of thank you or, or when you send a card or a message of thank you in some way. They accept that with grace and with kindness and with ease. And the people that receive the message of gratitude see it as a sincere effort receive it as a, as a sincere effort and have a sense of warmth as they receive that message. As they receive your message of gratitude, they get a warm feeling. As they receive your message of gratitude, they believe you're being sincere in, in giving that message, sending that message. It doesn't make them feel awkward at all, but it does make them feel happy. There's a happiness level. There's a warmth level. There's a sincerity level that is achieved or that is felt when you send or when a person receives a letter of gratitude, receives a note of gratitude, receives a message of gratitude, whether that be in written form or in verbal form. So feel free to express yourself. In fact, it's a good thing for you to express gratitude. It does good for you personally, and it does good for the person who receives the note of gratitude as well. Both people benefit. So if you are not one to give messages of gratitude, start doing so. Force yourself to do so. Think of somebody who's done something good for you and send them a note of thanks. Each time somebody does something good that you appreciate, send them a note of thanks. Send them a message of thanks. 
whether done by email or done by a written form, obviously written forms are better. People receive those better. They like those better. They see them as being more sincere as compared to an email. But however it comes, there is that sense of goodness that results in the person that receives the note of gratitude. So if send it, be a person who expresses gratitude, you'll benefit, and the person that receives it benefits from that message. So it's more than just a message of gratitude. It's a feeling that you create. It's a response that you create. It's an experience that you create. So feel free to do it. It's a good thing, and it does everybody good at the same time. Those that send it, those that receive it. So they are. Thanks for joining me today in the podcast. Let me just bring to your attention Susan Hatch. If you are under the Medicare program or you're about to go under the Medicare program, you need a professional that knows Medicare upwards and downwards and backwards and forwards and at all levels and all issues that prevail within a very complex insurance system, Medicare. You need Susan Hatch. Clovis, California. Give her a call, 559-307-2287. 307-2287. She's the guru. She knows Medicare. And she'll answer your questions. She'll help you think it through. She'll help you with the right program and the right um, forms and all the things that are required to make sure you are a satisfied Medicare recipient, and that you will have your health care services taken care of the best possible way through the Medicare program. And um, it's not perfect, but it's a program that will be helpful to you if you're of that age or if you're disabled in some form and you are looking at the Medicare issue. So you want a question? If you have a question, you want an answer, give Susan Hatch a call, 307-2287. Bye for now.